All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Part to spend the one and twos. Broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Today's show is being presented by Dosakis. Get a dose. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. Okay, if you're looking to step up your cocktail game or get insider info on seasonal releases coming down the pipeline, or you just want to order online for the same delivery, just go to specsonline.com because the fun starts here. That's Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and an official partner of the Dallas Cowboys. 1-800-707-9760. All right, so let's switch gears into the National Football League. I mean, you can still comment, comment about the college if you want to. So before we start talking about the action on the field and get into the night's game. Let's first start with the big news today in regards to the firing. It's the second firing of the National Football League as the Indianapolis Colts make a decision to go ahead and fire Frank Wright after a disappointing season so far. And there's reasons into that. And for a disappointing effort uh, in Foxborough. Okay. Um, Look, you know, I, I told AC this a few days ago and said it again that, you know, this is something that Urs say. This lets me know that there's pro- that, first of all, that a lot of stuff that I've said about him has kind of been true and it's kind of coming to the light. Because what this also shows me is that this is out of characteristic, even a little from him out of character to go ahead and fire coaches during season. OK, keep in mind, Caldwell sat there and they went two and 14 when they had painter as a starting quarterback. That's the year that Peyton, the first year Peyton had that neck surgery and he was out. That's the year after they got Andrew Luck. He let him finish the whole time. To me, this firing lets me know that one Ursay is the one that made the decision on Matt Ryan to bench him. He's the one that made the decision to fire the offensive coordinator last Monday And he's the one that's made the decision, obviously, to go ahead and fire Frank Wright. Okay, Frank Wright, he has not been talking himself because I guarantee you Frank Wright is probably relieved a little bit because Frank hasn't been talking himself since the combine last April when they came in and beating the chest. Oh, Carson, I put my name on the line. Everything's been pressure from up top from Ursay. Okay, now the plot thickens. Because I'm thinking that's just where we're at. Like, okay, you know what? I mean, Sam Elliger got sacked nine times yesterday. You know, a lot have been made about Because there's a lot of people in the media. You know, I've got a lot. You know, Lewis Riddick, I think that brother should get another GM job. He's on the four-letter network. He does a hell of a job. He was high on Colts. He had to eat a little cheese. There's a lot of people in the Colts that's been on this whole, this roster is talented. They're a quarterback away situation. And now the whole thing comes, because I've logged in some indie time in the last couple of weeks, meaning their talk, their post game, the guys up there that cover it and the fan base. And it's one of those situations that now, just like Carson Wentz last year, this is a fan base that's gone into this tunnel. Like we're going to blame on who's ever getting the money, whoever's making the most money. Like, again, the target is the offensive line because they are the highest paid unit on the team. Q just pretty much got paid. Some bad film that surfaced on Q. I still think Q's the best in the game. Could he be playing hurt? I mean, Q can't block everybody that's on that line. The thing that stands out to me that shows me even more dysfunctional is because after this announcement is made, he pretty much goes, speaking of Ursay, they don't, when this is, when Adam tweets this out, 
and lets the duties has been released. It's not even said at that time who's going to be the intern coach. About 30 minutes later, Adam tweets out that it's going to be Jeff Saturday. Jeff does a segment on NFL Live every week. It's called the Pancake Segment he does with Swagoo. He's been on TV now for the last few years. So Ursay has made a decision to call up. And I wish I could be a fly on the wall because I guarantee you Jeff Saturday probably wasn't his first call. So I can only imagine the people that he was calling to come and, hey, be intern for a while. Jeff Saturday. I love Jeff Saturday. But let me tell you why also I think this is a disrespect, not even just to the just coaches in general that's on his staff right now, but especially African-American coaches by Jeff Saturday. Look, when you get an intern opportunity, even inter- that's a showcase to show not just the team, but everybody else in the league that you can coach, that you can handle. And we've got a half a season pretty much left. we got 10 weeks left. So it got me the thing. Let me look at Colts coaching staff and let me key on these guys. Um, let me see. Let me start here. Offensive quality control. Brian Brat- Bratton experienced 10 years, but he couldn't come to be chosen to be the intern. Can't do that. Strength and conditioning coach been there 20 years, but yeah, you ain't going to get a strength and conditioning coach, but you are getting a guy right out the booth that's only played center for you for a while and, and has never had any coaching experience. But let's go to assistant linebackers coach, Cato June. Experience, 12 years. Defensive back coach, Ron Miles. Experience, 32 years. Assistant defensive back coach, Mike Mitchell, one-year experience. Running backs coach, which if you look at Indies, if you look at Jonathan Taylor, I know he was the man coming out of Wisconsin, but if you look at some of the running backs they've had in the last few years, running back coach, Scotty Montgomery, 17 years of experience. Defensive line coach, Nate Ole, experience, eight years of experience. And last but not least, Reggie Wayne, wide receivers coach. He just showed up one year's experience. Gus Bradley. He's not African-American I speak of, but look at Gus Bradley. Been a head coach before, 33 years experience. By going out and getting Jeff Saturday, which I love, which is a Hall of Fame simmer, one of the best in my generation, but blocked for Aaron Rodgers as well, too, in Green Bay. That lets me know this is an organization and an owner that it's, it's, he's making a mockery of what Bill Polian, Peyton Manning, Tony Dungy, he's making a mockery of what they built. It wasn't him because he's a trust fund baby. He inherited it from his team. But you're going to sit there in a situation that you've been calling the shots behind closed doors and you've got those years of experience. I mean, Tony Dungy's in the booth. He, he's, he's older. What's Caldwell doing? Is he employed with somebody? Hell, you could have called him up if you wanted to bring somebody on the outside. You're going to bring a guy that has no experience at the high school level, the college level, or the NFL level, and you're going to put him in the midst of these other coaches and lead this team for the next 10 weeks. That's an embarrassment. That's an embarrassment. And I've taken a lot of heat because I told you, I, there's, no, there's only one professional team that I don't like. Football team. And that's the Cowboys. 
And y'all seen how I covered them. I mean, it's fair as that and get time. I don't have nothing against with the Colts. When I sit there and tell you this is an owner, that is an embarrassment. And what we're finding out by this, and this is what I'll say, whoever's going to take this job, I tell you, there's only 32 of these jobs. So somebody's going to take this one. But when you go make a move, because really he, he was up against the eight ball anyway, because I believe just what he showed in the last month of him making decisions and meddling, going back to the Carson Wentz emergency meeting after week 17 in Jacksonville in Florida last year, he's turned off a lot of coaches that are qualified that could get in this job. I don't, there's going to have to be somebody that's a coordinator, somebody's first. And a lot of these jobs, we are in a time where most guys are getting their first shot anyway, so it's not that big. But I'm telling you, a Sean Payton, Telling Bruce to come out of retirement like, hey, I don't believe. And if I'm wrong, I'll say I was wrong because he'll have to overpay for him because I don't believe you're going to get a, a, a coach with either Super Bowl resume or whatever to want to come coach down in this organization the way things have been handled this last year. It's falling apart. And this started with him hiring his weightlifting partner in Greece, Griston years ago, who the reason why they're in this situation and the curse of Andrew Luck. They are stuck in a blame game and it's Ursa, but that is a joke with all those. Look at all. I don't even add them up, but look at the combined years of experience that I've just told you about African-American coaches that's on that team that just said, hey, whatever. Even Gus Bradley. That's not. He got 32. And you go get Jeff Saturday out of Bristol. The biggest disappointment in the National Football Team that leagued this season and the biggest debacle of dysfunctional that's in the National Football just by what he just did. Not the firing of Frank Wright, but who he decided to get off the street. This has never been happened. This ain't happened before. Not since the merger. I've never seen anything like this before. That's equivalent to all the firings that the, the next coach, the, I mean, the team that's been through a lot of coaches in the last five, six years is that team in Colorado, the one I got interested in, Denver Broncos. This is equivalent for them firing Vance Joseph or Vic Vangio during the season and calling up and asking Rod Smith, do you want to coach? Terrell Davis, I, hey, I know you're the NFL Network. What you doing for the next 10 weeks? Just get in here. This is ridiculous. This is an embarrassment. And if I'm Matt Ryan, I'm like, damn. At least I had good soul food in Atlanta. I could have stayed in Atlanta and took a beat. And I came down here for this, for this debacle. What is this, amateur hour? And whoever they get, they're going to have to turn this roster off. The, the, the light has shown. There's only three guys on this roster that could go start for any other team that's going to be safe. And that is Q, Darius Leonard, but he might be damaged goods because he got a bad back, and Jonathan Taylor. The rest of this roster is average, if not nothing. That just lets you know the, the, the whole politics behind picking the Pro Bowl. This is the same team that had nine Pro Bowls last year, which I thought was a joke. Amateur hour. I mean, all I need is the Sandman to come out of the curtain to go boo, then boo Jeff Saturday once the clock. Man, this is ridiculous. Dwayne Johnson wouldn't let this go down in the XFL. And, he, and, he was, and he's come from scripted stuff. Sorry, wrestling fans, but it is. You couldn't even do this in the XFL, man. And this is the same owner who's always on Twitter that, that a couple years ago held out a tryout for kickers. Fans, oh, anybody can kick and come out here, give you $100. Told you, man, you can't win until it's up top. This and, and due to the fact that look at the division, 
they've been the standard of the AFC South. And look who's about to win the division for four years in a row. A team, which I love Vrabel, but a quarterback by the name of Ryan Tannehill. Go look at the history of division winners over the last few years. Look at NFC North, Aaron Rodgers. AFC with Patrick Mahomes. South, Tom Brady or Drew Brees. The Colts have let this go down to the watch, and the biggest, baddest wolf in the neighborhood has only been Ryan Tannehill. I don't know who they're going to get. Is you're going to have to turn over some of this roster. They're pushing the reset button, and good luck with finding the next one. Might not hear from the Colts for a while. It might take this is when you and I knew this. When you lose a guy like Andrew Luck, you do not recover from that that quickly. You just don't. You can go get band aids. You can go get coach. That sets you back, and that was a kick in the gonads to Ballard. He's, he said it in his first press. He's the only reason why he took the job. I'll tell you, man. Bill Polian's rolling around his grave. Robin Mathis rolling around in his grave. Bob Sanders rolling around in his grave. Going to name Jeff Saturday. That is the joke of the season. If I'm a Colts fan, I am embarrassed that we, how did it deteriorate this fast? You know why? It's a, it, there's a reason why this uh, guy like probably uh, Q struggling. For one, he might be playing, hey, they know it's a joke in the, in the building. There's no accountability. They know what's going on. They look in, Ursay's not there. Next thing you know, that he's playing at some karaoke bar, local bar in Indiana. And I'm not even joking. The guy plays in a band. Embarrassing. 1-800-707-9760. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Zach. Zach, you on the sports ground here on Ticket 760 and 1300 Zone at Fox South Central Texas Waco. What's up, Zach? What's up, Calvin, Jonas, Bartlett? I don't even know if it's Bartlett in there. but uh, So the way I see it is Frank Wright deserved to be gone. I, the way I – you know, I'm, I got three things, three topics to touch on. I'm going to try to make them quick. Uh Frank Wright needed to be gone. I've called you many times and told you how he would do when Jonathan Taylor, with Jonathan Taylor, he would leave him on, off the field when it mattered the most. Uh, we've got the most expensive O-line paid for in the league, and they ain't nothing but wet toilet paper outside of Quentin. If you, you know, you say you watch the game, so you know Quentin trying to help everybody. He's doing everything he can to help everybody. Uh, the right side of our line, trash. Uh, Frank Wright calls plays like I don't even know. I don't, I don't know. But I think the biggest reason why we're not as good as we were is because we let the guy who runs Philadelphia now, that's got Philadelphia undefeated, we let him walk out the door. I think that's important. I don't. I don't. I don't think we should sleep on that. I think uh, Ballard spending all that money on an O line that can't block for nothing is important to know. Like, I mean, you hit it. You hit a lot of topics that I agree with you on a hundred percent. And uh, I don't know if you if you can say Ursa is like the one who said, yeah, pick all them O linemen and let them be the ones because Judon did the same move on the the right side over and over and had a field day. So, you know, I just feel like it is a reset button, but the pro the like the, the reason Jeff Saturday got hired is not for wins. 
it's for losses. It's like, bro, we need to get to the top five. The only problem is with the Colts is Tennessee keep losing. It's like Tennessee just keep on winning and get rid of it. Just just be the team for the AFC South and get out of here. Go to the playoffs and do what you do. But they keep us in it because they'll lose a game when they don't need to be losing. They shouldn't even lost last week this past uh, Sunday night. Uh, as far as Texas goes, I'm starting to think that Sark is the college version of, you know, the coach you used to talk about all the time. Uh, what's my name? The ginger from Dallas. Uh, Garrett. Garrett and Kelly Moore. Remember when you used to say they there's no adjustments? In the first half, Texas got all these crazy plays that work like crazy. And then in the second half, it's like, bro, what happened to all the stuff we was doing in the first half where we had people going left, right, you know, like Skittles going everywhere. Just like we start just being able to run. Right, thanks for the phone call, oh, man. I had to cut you in. We're coming to break long-winded, but I'm letting you vent because I know it's been just been tough, man. I've been through this, but nothing embarrassing. Look, no, man. I'm, but the only thing you said in that, you made a good point I want to touch on when we get back. But the only thing I'm not giving you, I'm not giving you that this is the hiring Saturday is about to lose. You can look at the effort in the roster and get into You can still accomplish that. That's just about good old boy. Let bring Jeff back. That is a guy that has lost, has left the reservation. Speaking of Jim Mercy, that's what that is. All right. All right. You listen to the Sports Grind broadcasting here. From the Hazel Sky Online Studios, today's show is being presented by Dos Equis, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail. Like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients. Just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang. Always bold, always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the sports crowd. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the sports grind. Professionalism, respect, accountability, and communication. These are the values at Tiger Sanitation, serving the needs of the greater San Antonio area. From residential to commercial waste and recycling services, Tiger Sanitation works hard to keep the communities they serve safe and clean. After all, as a local family-owned business, their families live, shop, and play here too. For more, visit TigerSanitation.com. Tiger Sanitation, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Listen up, San Antonio and Austin. Let me tell you about Stoli Vodka, our new partner. Handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. Uncompromising spirit is the kind of belief that turns players into icons. 100% grain-to-glass Stoli Vodka's starting lineup includes the iconic premium cucumber, vanilla, raspberry, and blueberry. If you want to learn more, visit Stoli.com. Stoli Vodka, official sponsor. Sponsor of the sports crime. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. 
Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Bartlett's been the one and twos. Today's show is presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We have been broadcasting from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. 1-800-707-9760 is the number. Uh, real quick before we move on to that. Uh, uh, say, oh, yeah, and this last segment of the day. Can't forget that. That's what they pay me for. Uh, Zing Zang. Two words are key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. Make sure you try out their pre-alcoholic drinks, pre-made alcoholic drinks. They come in all different flavors, all right? And they're great for tailgating. They're easy to transport, and you can pick them up at a Specs near you. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, so real quick, before we move on from Zach's phone call on the Colts, just put a bow on this. Uh, first off, a couple points. He made, up a, he made a good point. I didn't look into that. About basically the, I guess he's assuming talking about the general manager of Philly. Um, now is that who he's saying that escaped no, out of him? Head coach uh, Nick Sirianni. Oh, Nick Sirianni. I thought you saw him the gym like man. Well, and Nick is uh, how, okay, but what's that? He he came from there. He was with them last offense. Year. Uh, two years ago, last year was his first year with Philly. So you look at the you're talking about the Philip Rivers. Yeah, but see that, now that okay now that connection, but I don't know what Zach would want them to do. Like you're an assistant, you're a coordinator. They're not gonna. I mean, Frank Wright hired him. He brought so so to me. You're not gonna sit there and say, well, we're just gonna keep this guy. We're gonna let him go. I mean, I don't because because the Colts offense didn't set it on fire to think about like you know what? No, we're keeping that guy. We'll make him the highest paid officer. So he didn't get a head coaching job. I don't think it was that way. So it's hard. I mean, it just just all what I'm trying to say. It's hard to pinpoint to say we let one go out, get out the building. I mean, he was hired by Frank. Okay, so that's that. Right. Number two point to his point. That's really what Colts Nation, Stampede Blues, complaining about about this overpaid offensive line. Look, you know when he says Ballard took the money and just paid this offensive line. When Ballard was hired. He took the job because of Andrew Luck. But what was the Colts' biggest problem in the Andrew Luck era? They didn't protect him. The offensive line was horrible. The guy was pissing blood. Go look at the interview you did a few months ago. Dude, the, the guy was peeing blood. So what is he supposed to do? He's going to concentrate on the offensive line. Now, I think there's different factors of why they've deteriorated this fast. But, yeah, a lot of that overpaid is because what you're paying for Q. And Q is a legit best in the game. Even if he's having a down year, he might be hurt. But he can't block everybody. And like Zach said, he's, kick, he's you know picking up for their slack. So that's my take on that. We'll see where that goes. But that is grotesque. To me, it just went from worse to even worse. to Basically just bad to worse. However you want to say it, getting Jeff Saturday. That that just to me that's an that's a missed opportunity for every assistant coach on that staff to display their skills for the organization and other teams for ten games wasted, wasted. That's like one of those Tim. That's a Tim Duncan move. Like the pie. Hey man, just I don't want to coach. Hey, just come sit next to me. That's what this is about, man. Come on, Jeff. I just wish I could have been a fly on the wall to see who the hell he called before Jeff because I knew Jeff. I know Jeff wasn't his first choice. That's just crazy, but we can move on from that. What do you got? Well, there is something to note with that is 
according to Schefter's announcement today about the hiring, Saturday had served the team as a cons- in a consultant role. Um, so yes, he might, he might have had him on speed dial, or they might have just been talking talking late night on the phone last uh, well, last night after the game, and and Ursay is just like, man, I don't know what to do about Frank, and 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 Jeff's like, man, if I could help you out, I would, and and Ursay is like, are you for real about that? Like, what, what, how far are you willing to help man, me out? Man, we can we can put a script on it, we can put an end into it. We can put it on Netflix and we can release it to the big screen. I don't give a damn how you spin it. Pillow talk or not, that is grotesque. That is that is a sign of a guy that has left the reservation. And you know what? Honestly, I'm going to kill Jeff for it. But at the end of the day, if that's really how it went down, like, I got to look at Jeff like, you really going to take this, bro? Like, you really going to, you know what you we, what we've been talking about and you really going to take this. I'm pretty sure they've had conversations about this, but it's a joke. Moving on. Packers. Four in a row. They lose to Detroit Lions. Let me tell you, Aaron Rodgers put a performance on like that and threw, I think, what, two interceptions or three picks that coming into week nine, the week that we're going to put a bow on tonight in the 504, the Detroit Lions were the worst statistical defense out of 32 teams. And Mr. Aaron Rodgers threw three interceptions. And they lose, and they can't stop a a, lo- a three-game losing streak with a trip to Ford Field, a place where they've dominated over recent years. The management and Mike LaFleur have all this and only themselves and all this mess to blame is on them. This proves to you in the ultimate team sport in football, not in the NBA, no disrespect to baseball, but in the ultimate sport where you're talking about 48 to 52 guys, everybody pulling on one rope. 52 guys are supposed to be believing. This proves to show you that even if you have a quarterback as talented as Aaron Rodgers, you cannot let and bow down to any player on your team because it will cut a locker room down to nothing. And Aaron's body language, like, first of all, four-game losing streak and you're getting paid, stop the Pat McAfee appearances. Okay? Because we've had a list of things that the brother up in Colorado is supposed to not be doing since he got a guaranteed 250 and his team was struggling. So Aaron Rodgers and and the receivers, you know, there's a lot of criticism coming down to the drop, you know, footballs by the receivers. What do you want them to do? What confidence has Aaron Rodgers instilled in them? This goes back to the preseason meeting after week one in preseason, a game that he didn't even play, that he called an emergency meeting with the wide receivers at that time after the first preseason game. And you want these guys to go out here and not know how they're not going to drop past whatever because they're they're scared to mess up because of his body language. And he's the guy that's playing bad himself. He's got one more. I said this the day he signed that contract. He's got one more year left at max. And that depends on how bad this gets this year. But he's got one more year left, and the Packers are going to be in cap hell the way they structured that contract with the guarantee because he's not going to complete that. 
He's hijacked this organization for two years, and now you see what's coming home to roost. Other than Devontae Adams and two key defensive players, which is a key, this is pretty much the same team that won 13 games the last couple of years. This has been a slow leak, and this proves to show you no matter how good of a player you are, no one is bigger than the team and no one's bigger than the shield. And this is his fault and his body language. The reason why they can't stop a four game, a three game losing streak or a four game losing streak, excuse Five me. Five game losing streak. Well, they couldn't stop a four one going into Detroit, though. That's what I'm saying. Oh, they, yes, they couldn't, okay, that's yes. what I was going to say. They can't stop that losing streak going into Detroit. 1 800 707 What do you got? And so now losing to Detroit, though, uh, and a bad team. Uh, and, and I understand this is a weird weird year in the NFL, but this five-game losing streak now, it started with the Giants back on October 9th. All right, you lost to the Giants, the Jets, the Commanders. Everybody will give you the Bills loss. No problem there. And now the Lions. You've got, if you're the Packers, you're coming up now, you're going to host the Cowboys. You're going to host the Titans. Then you're going to Philly. You still have the Rams, Dolphins, Vikings again on your schedule. Yeah, it's, it's just no, not no, going to get pretty. No, it's tough, and I and I don't need Aaron Rodgers coming to the post game either and talking about how he's forecasted the futures and knowing they're going to be underdogs in every game. You capping games now too, Aaron, in your free time. You running that too because you last week you were playing GM. We were on some deals, but they just fell through. And I, you know what? I have nothing against Packer fans. We all are about the welcome to life of the real National Football League. Welcome to life when there's no Brett Favre and there's no Aaron Rodgers. Get get used to it because Packer football, all the primetime games y'all enjoyed, y'all about to come to reality once this guy just burns the building on the way out. Even had Lil Wayne tweeting. Lil Wayne is a cheesehead to the 10th degree. Even Lil Wayne sitting there said we should have got rid of 12. I'm like, hey, man, what is this new lyric? You talking about 12? You talking about the cops? I know he ain't talking about Aaron. Is that Lil Wayne turning on 12? Embarrassment. The worst defense in the league, and he threw three picks. We're finding out, and like I said, put I'll say it every week till they you know what? I'm gonna have this take until they win a game, and then I'll shut up. But let's stop. This puts a bullet into the hole. Oh, he never, they never drafted any receivers. They never really had anything. They never gave no weapon. Nah, man, now he's with some guys that look like they just came out of uh, Ju Juco. But why are they dropping things? Because he had done nothing to steal no confidence. That's why. 1-800-707-9760. Also, the Tennessee Titans. They take Kansas City all the way to overtime, but come up short. Um, I know Adam checked in with us a little bit earlier on Facebook Live, had a message in regards to this game. Um, saying Malik, okay, here comes the home association with, with the Tennessee Titans. Adam says, hey, Malik has some bright spots. Not having receivers didn't help, but you can still see the game looks too fast for him. Derrick Henry's still the best running back in the league, and our defense can play with anyone. We're going to as far as they take us. Hashtag tighten up. Um, I believe style makes fights. Adam, I don't know. I mean, yes, Titans have a good defense. I don't know. They just know how to play Kansas City. And, th and there's a certain style what they do. Now, granted, they've got a good defense. 
but styles make fights. They know how to play Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Now, I just feel yesterday in regards to Malik, look, there's a lot of upside. I just feel that, you know, first of all, not having receivers. I mean, losing a guy of A.J. Brown, and honestly, I didn't even know. I never really gave A.J. Brown that much credit. I never give him that much run on the show because I didn't know what he had. I always said, like, oh, he's okay. Well, in Philly, I'm showing, like, okay, he's the truth then. Then this is really the truth. But they don't have anybody they try to replace him with. And, and see, Tennessee, by default, because they play in the AFC South, by default, they are doing what the – they're getting to do what the Baltimore Ravens have done for years. They're getting – they're being able to stay competitive, win the division, and be retooling. Not rebuilding, retooling. In regards to Derrick Henry, yes – I go back and forth on this, and this is really just splitting hairs. But, you know, I go back and forth between him and I think Chubb. And, you know, after watching yesterday's performance, even Arrowhead, I would probably have to say, yeah, you know what? Derrick Henry probably is still pound for pound the back. Um, but I think Chubb, you know, those two are neck and neck right now in, in touchdowns and the yards, you know, leading rusher. But Chubb has really, really jumped on in the last two years, and he's really impressed me. But I, I'm not going to argue with anybody that says it's Derrick Henry because I don't think you can go wrong with either one. In regards to Malik, keep in mind, man, he didn't play at a Power 5 school. He played at Liberty. I think the speed of the game, I don't know if he looks fast for him. I think it's just the way that they're going to have some different packages with him that they can't do with Ryan Tannehill. I would like them to do the RPOs more with him if he's going to be in there with Derrick Henry. That's my opinion, but they get a, they got a, they came up a little bit short. They're going to win the division by default. They go on the, they, uh, they come back home and Denver faces Tennessee, uh, on Sunday. Uh, the Jets, they get the Bills. Um, there's a lot of things about this. One, I think it's about 25% because I'm going to give Jets 75 because I said Friday, this is an opportunity to really see where the measuring stick, where we are with Buffalo. So I knew Sala was going to have them coming in prepared. But I will say this is about 25% of the Bills smelling their own piss. Stopping to smell their own piss. I don't let Tank do that. Tank really doesn't do that. But that's one thing I made sure. But you ain't going to stop smell your own piss. Bragging on himself too much. Went up there to MetLife, ran into a defensive bus. So that was ready to play. And they wanted to send a message. Um, Buffalo, look, you know, Josh Allen gets dinged up a little bit. There's a reason. I, again, Buffalo is still, I believe, the team to beat. But a loss like yesterday, those are the ones that you want to make sure that the road goes through Orchard Park up in Buffalo. You can't, I mean, Jets are not trash. I mean, you draft that many top picks for a few, you're supposed to be getting better. This isn't like the NBA. You're supposed to, if, you, if you've got an organization and a franchise that has any sense, you shouldn't stay down that long. So the Jets, it shouldn't be that shocked. I don't think they're ready. I compare them to like the, the Jaguars. Early in the season, they started hot. Everybody, oh, Jaguar, no, man, they're a young team. They're not ready yet. Jets are not ready yet either, but they're going to be nipping at the heels, and they've got a hell of a bright future. They're on the right track, and they've been down a long time. But that is an impressive win against Buffalo. Buffalo has to understand they're going to get everybody's best every week, whether it's in division or out of division, and you are playing for the Super Bowl. You are playing for home field advantage. You can't be out there. You know, you got to give credit to the Jets, but Buffalo's been smelling their piss a little bit, and Josh got banged up, and I will stay the lack of a running game. You know, those are the two teams that drive me the most crazy. Buffalo for the lack of the running game, and the other, the other game last night, the reason why they lost. In Tampa, and that's the Rams. 
You want to know why Tom Brady came back and had no timeouts left and about a minute? You know why he pulled that off? Because the clock management before that was Sean McVay and they can't run the football. They can't take air out of the game. They can't run the clock. And the handoffs to Cooper Cup, everybody and their mom knows what's going on. That's on the front office, and that's on McVay. That's a lack of the running game. I don't know how they did it last year. I mean, it's really one of those years you got to give credit to Stafford. You probably got to give credit to defense, how they were really able to host a Lombardi without a true running game. That's why they lost to Tampa. They mismanage it, and they can't run the ball to run the clock out. Them in Buffalo drive me crazy. Buffalo's just that good. But Jets made a me- sent a message yesterday. What do you got? So the Bills now fall to 0-2 in the division. They lost to Miami earlier mm. in, the, yeah. in the swampy weather. Now you lose good to the point. Jets. Combined six points. Uh, you've got this. And both of those were on the road. But now you've got a stretch coming up to start December. It's going to be heavy for the Bills. And they got to finish strong. You're going to at Gillette to face the Patriots. Then you get to host the Jets and the Dolphins. And then you close the year out against the Patriots. And that's going to be your division record. Miami can swing in here and steal their division, yeah? I, they probably can. I still put Miami as high as I am on tour and the whole staff. I, I just still think I don't know if Miami's ready either. I, I mean, yes. But make no mistake, that's a hell of a fun fact. I didn't even know they were owed to a division because they've been so favored and they've just been playing good football for the most part. But, hey, that ain't that, that ain't no cakewalk then. That, that is a tough ending there, you know. Uh, speaking of, you know, the other, the other game, the Raiders in Jacksonville. Raiders blow another lead. Do you know since the merge, they set a record too. I know this one came across. They're the first team. They own the record for the most, and we're just to week 10. They passed and own the record now for the most 17 point or more blown leads in a season. Listen to that. They've blown more 17 point leads and more than any other team in the National Football League history. That's just, look, again, everybody in the building knows it. Mark Davis knows it. um, Josh McDaniels knows it. This is Carr's last year there. He's a sitting duck. In my my opinion, he can't grasp this offense. Now, uh, in defense to Derek uh, Carr, he's had to learn like two or three new offenses in the last three or four years. But it's obviously, to me, he's having a hard time grasping this. And again, you know, Waller's been in and out with injuries all year. I get that. But the reason why I had the Raiders finishing dead last in the West, because defense, the play, people got overly hyped with the Devontae Adams. I'm like, have y'all seen the rest of the roster? Who's in the secondary? It's a one-two punch because of Hunter Renfro. Blew it again. Jacksonville stopped the four-game losing streak. Raiders go to two and six. All the firing about Josh McDent, stop it. Josh ain't going nowhere. He ain't going nowhere that quick. They knew that this could probably get a little hairy or get uglier than Greg Oden. Oh, the Raiders talk a little heat about that. Oh, Calvin's picking Raiders. Oh, you crazy. You look at all that talent. Doing six. Okay. Should be one and seven. Two and six. Also, Cincinnati Bengals. I, I just can't figure this team out, man. I mean, they, you know, Panthers were coming into, you know, extending and almost, you I mean, winning last week. And then you just get hit at a bud. So I'll get more to them and definitely we'll talk about what I think should be the college playoff week two edition tomorrow, what the committee should do. We'll get into that uh, tomorrow. Tonight's game should be interesting. I like the Ravens. You know, Andy Dalton's getting the start, but I think the Ravens need to take advantage and get this type of game. I don't even know who's on the injured list. But that is a wrap for today. Special thanks to producer.
producer of the show, Jonas Clark. Special thanks to Bartlett spinning the one and twos. San Antonio, Austin, Waco, Temple, Colleen, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people working down in Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning before you hit the snooze button and before you're out the rack, just ask yourself. You're grinding. Peace. See you tomorrow.